I believe that we are entering into a season where we are going to have to pray and stand and agree. Everybody say agree. Walk in unity and agreement for what God is getting ready to do in the earth. And, and uh, so tonight I just want to share with you for a few minutes on prayer, and then we're going to pray. Amen? So this is going to turn into a prayer meeting tonight. I've asked Sue O'Brien to come over and help. My sister and Sue and I pray together. We've prayed together for quite a while, almost a year, and uh, prayed for the elections. And you say, well, it didn't go the way you thought. Well, it may not have gone the way I thought or the way you thought, but God is in control. Amen? And we have to be obedient to what God says. And he, he, he really laid on my heart to pray on Tuesday mornings at 6 o'clock. We pray for an hour. And uh, I don't always get here, but those two, Chris and Sue, Sue is an intercessor in this church. I be, I'm calling forth intercessors for this church. I know Pastor John is calling forth intercessors for this church. Prayer is the foundation for everything that we do. Uh, someone said, and I can't remember who Pastor Billy Joe said it was. I think it might have been Lester Summerall or somebody like him who said, nothing happens if people don't pray. And so we have been given the authority and dominion in this earth to do things in the spirit that nobody else can do unless they know Jesus. Everybody say, unless they know Jesus. And so tonight I, I titled this Invading the Impossible because that's the realm we live in. We live in the realm where impossibility is possible. But we have to line our thoughts, we have to line our words, we have to line our actions up with the word of God. We have no choice. We cannot really have our own thought life anymore. We can't have our own word life. We can't have our own action life except that we do what God says in every situation. And that begins with our thoughts. The longer we meditate on things, you know, that when the mind goes wacko, then the actions, the mouth well, actions soon follow after that. And we are in a battle. We are in a battle, I believe, for our nation. But the greatest battle is for families because God started with the family, and the families end up being the nation. That's who the nation is. It's families. And God started out with the church being the rulership of this nation, for sure, and many other nations. It just got diverted. He started out in the universities, with that, he started out ruling in universities, Harvard, and many universities were based on God's principles. Today, they don't even have any of that being preached or taught in, the, in our own public schools. You know, the word of God isn't taught. But in prayer, everybody say prayer. We are mighty. We are mighty. And the first thing the Lord said to me, we are born again to change things. Turn somebody and say, I am born again. To change things. And so 2 Corinthians, and I'm going to go quickly here because I want to start praying here in about 10 minutes. But it says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That comes through prayer. And then it says in the next verse, for our light affliction is but for, which is but for a moment. Now, you may tonight think your affliction is not light, but in the scheme of everything, it is probably light to what God is accomplishing in the earth, is working for us. Everybody say, my light affliction <laughs> is working for me. <laughs> A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. And this last verse, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. The only way you can do and say and walk and stand on the eternal is if you are eternal. People who do not know Jesus do not have authority. 
They live in the temporal. They think in the temporal. They speak in the temporal. They act in the temporal. But the people of God, everybody say, that's me. We do not act like that. We think eternal. We speak eternal. And we act eternal. And it starts really with our prayer life. Uh, I taught principles of prayer in VBI the first time when we started it. Uh, along the way, Kelly Peter taught it for a while. And then Elizabeth taught principles of prayer. You need to get that DVD series of VBI and listen to it. In the, in, when we started VBI, we started with six classes and we had four semesters. and Or four, nine week, or six week, seven week, eight week, depended on how the calendar fell. Sessions and prayer and authority of the believer were two of the primary classes taught and what Sue O'Brien taught going through the Bible, understanding how the Bible's written. Why do we do that first? Because prayer is the first thing in every believer's life they need to develop. A prayer life is essential. And praying the word, because the word is eternal. How I many of you know this is, I mean, this has been around a long time. There's a lot of history books, a lot of university teaching things, but nothing changes the word of God. So everything that is in the earth is temporary subject to change by the eternal law and will of God, which is in the word of God. So uh, when we would teach this, we'd say, are you praying the, the problem or are you praying the solution? Everybody say, pray the solution. Now, if you're praying the solution, you're praying the eternal because the eternal God said, I do not change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now we know the world is not the same, but we know that the word is the same. So what we focus our prayer life on is the word. And then the story that the Lord brought to my attention today, just to share, is Esther. And in Esther, if you could put up that whole, that whole text, uh, you know the story of Esther. She became the queen, everybody say, by divine appointment. Not, she wasn't born again to change things because she was a Jew. She was already in. But we are born again to get in that lineage that can change things. And Esther was appointed for change because there was a, a edict that Haman got the king to agree to to kill all the Jews. Now, I'm telling you this story because Pastor John is getting ready to have a 13-day fast. Well, everything with Esther, when, when she was told what to do, was based on fasting and praying. Everybody say fasting and praying. And see, if we fast and we're not really praying and focusing on the eternal, then we're just going to be in worry and doubt and unbelief and pray the problem. And we're just going to go hungry for 13 days. And then we're still going to be hungry and nothing will be fixed. And we can either choose to do that or we can choose to get down to business and decide, you know what? I'm not on this because I don't want to eat. I'm on this because I'm going to do business in a realm that I can touch because I'm born again. Amen. And so when we look at this story, that's exactly what Esther did. Let's go on from there, uh, if you would. And Mordecai told them to answer Esther because Esther, you know, didn't know if she wanted to go before the king. And, and she said, I'm, I could even die if I go before the king if I don't extend the scepter. Well, I'm telling you, we have this scepter extended because it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 through 16, come boldly to the throne room of grace because you have a high priest. This scepter, we have, when we say the name of Jesus, when we pray, we come boldly into that room and nothing will happen to us. Esther was fearful because the king had authority to not let her 
even live because she came in his presence. We get to go in the presence of God without any problem. We can come boldly. So she, she said, you know, she didn't know if she wanted to do it. And this is what Mordecai said. Do not think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews. And then it goes on, for if you remain completely silent at this time, Relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And I felt like tonight what the Lord wanted us to know is, and I believe you're here by divine appointment, we are here for such a time as this tonight. We are here to pray. We are here to speak over things. We are here to decree a thing, and it shall be established. That's what it says in the book of Job. Decree a thing, and it shall be established. This has nothing to do with the fact that we are so knowledgeable that we know everything. This has to do with the fact that we have authority that has been given to us to come before God with our request and know because we are born again that those requests that we make according to Philippians 4, they're going to be heard. They're going to be answered, and we just have to say and do what God wants to say and do in the earth. This will change your prayer life. This will make you want to pray, and not because of you, because how many of you know you're sitting here tonight and there are things you could do better? I'm telling you, that does not change the eternal. So if you're speaking the eternal and lining up with the word of God, you can be effective in what God is asking you to do. That's what happened. It, Esther goes on to say in this scripture, okay. She says, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shishan and fast for me. Fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night and day. My maids and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. You know, when we begin to fast, we begin to pray the will of God, which this was the will of God. Everybody say the eternal. It was never God's desire or will that the Jews be murdered and destroyed. In the end, Esther was able to go before the king. The enemy was defeated. In fact, Haman ended up on the very uh, gallows that he had built for Mordecai. and, And Esther, he ended up on it, and he ended up dead, and they ended up alive, and they ended up getting exactly what God said. Why? Because a whole nation fasted and prayers were made for Esther. And in the end, that battle was won. I believe it's no different today. I believe we're in a season where we will have to fast and pray to see what God wants to see done in the earth. And we are the church. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and that would be us. I want you to look at uh, Luke 18.1. It says, men ought always to pray. You know, if you're thinking, well, I wonder how often I should pray. Everybody say all the time. We can pray in our car. We can pray in the Holy Ghost even when our mind is going wacko. How, how many of you have ever had your mind go wacko? That, that's a great time to pray in the Holy Spirit and not pray with your, your understanding because your understanding will try to pull you into the things of the world. But if we stay in the Spirit, if we stay focused on what God is saying, we will get accomplished what we're supposed to do. And that's the second thing the Lord said to me, focused prayer. Pastor Elizabeth gave a word at our uh, staff meeting or staff dinner, uh, Christmas dinner. And, and she said, the word I keep hearing is intentional. Uh, when you get intentional about the word of God, you get intentional about what the Holy Spirit is saying. And you begin to pray intentionally focused on what God says. That doesn't mean your circumstances have, they are disregarded. They are disregarded totally. Even though they may be 
a hundred times bigger than what the word of God says. Because the enemy in these last days is going to do things that look impossible for us to overcome. But we are invading the impossible. You know, when they invaded Normandy uh, back in the war in World War II, I mean, when they came on the shore, they came in to invade and take over what the enemy was trying to do. That's exactly what happened with Esther. You can read about it over and over in the word of God. We are the violent who take it by force. Now, that doesn't mean that we're mean. It, in, in fact, in the word of God, it says in Matthew eleven twelve, the violent take it by force. In my Bible, it says the people of keen enthusiasm and commitment who are willing to respond to and propagate, that means to continue with radical abandonment, the message and dynamic of God's reign. That's what prayer is. That is declaring that what God says is greater than what we see. That's what prayer is. And when we begin to do that, things change. It says in James five sixteen, and uh, this is a scripture that, that we stand on in prayer uh, oftentimes because we, it says, like Elijah, we're men like him. We are ordinary men and women. We're not, we're not saints. We are saints in the, in the spiritual sense, but we're not perfect people who never do anything wrong. So we don't pray based on our goodness. We pray based on the blood. Everybody say the blood. The blood of Jesus. We, we pray based on the blood. We pray based on the word, which is God's word to us that is truth. Everybody say truth. And, and then we pray in the name of Jesus, which has been given to us that has all authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Now you go and you make disciples of all nations. That's in Matthew 28. Well, he's saying, I have all authority and I give you authority to use my name. Everybody say delegated. So when we begin to pray and we pray in the name of Jesus, it isn't, it is no longer what I want. It's no longer what somebody else wants or what would make it better for somebody else. It's what did God say? And then I begin to stand in that position of a born again, believer of a born again, believer born again to change things. How many of you remember the story of Abraham, how it says uh, that he called those things that were not as though they were, and it was counted unto him as righteousness. So when we look at James and we look at that uh, last chapter, chapter five, it says, confess your trespasses one to another, pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. There are three words there, effective. And, and I felt like the Lord said to me, you're only effective because of the blood based on the word logos and rhema and the name of Jesus. That is effective prayer. That is effective prayer. When we have that focus and then fervent, uh, to me in a very simple way, that's a never, never give up kind of prayer. I mean, I'm not going to give up no matter what I see. I'm going to keep standing here and I'm going to keep saying and speaking and believing no matter what I see. Now, some of you may be here tonight like me and you have a lot of things God's promised you. And, uh, you know, I do better at praying about those things when I'm in the park and I'm in the presence. You know, Pastor John just said, when, when you're in the presence of God, he will change your present. He, he, and that's true. When you get in prayer and you, the more you pray, man, the more excited you get. I mean, when we get in here 
and we we praise the Lord. That's what we do first. We start praising God. And uh, my sister, she puts on CDs that we've made in this church. How many of you know the songs of the house have power? See, because God knows what this house is assigned to. Just like those seven churches in Revelations, they all had things God held them accountable for. This church assigned, is assigned to things. So we start singing those songs that Corey wrote, that God gave me, Corey, and others in this church. We start singing. And, uh, I mean, we sing ourselves right into the presence of God. And then from there, God starts telling us things to pray for. I mean, we have prayed things that we haven't even, we hadn't even had the thought of when we got here. I remember one morning we were praying and God said, pray for the basement of the, what was it? Pentagon. I thought, I don't even know who's in the basement of the Pentagon. How do I know? But we began to take authority and dominion. I don't know what was in the bottom of the Pentagon, but that day it wasn't going very well for him. Because God said, everybody say God said, and God said to speak the word and to bind what was in that place, take authority and dominion and loose the power of God to stop whatever's going on in there. You say, well, that won't make my life better. You don't know that. See, because in prayer, we are on assignment. We are born again to change the situation. I mean, Esther changed a nation. She changed a nation. She was positioned. It wasn't all about being the queen bee, so to speak. It was about her being in position when that evil Haman made a law absolutely declared that could not be changed. Everybody say invading the impossible. It could not be changed. Even the king said, I can't change it because I stamped it with my signet ring. The only thing you can do is come up with another plan that I can stamp that will change this. And today the Jews all over the world celebrate the days of Purim that have to do with the day that what Esther did stopped them from being annihilated. One woman, and and she was beautiful, and she became the queen. Well, that's nice. I'm sure you have a lot as the queen. But that wasn't the big deal to God. What was the big deal to God was what she would do with the word of God that he put in her heart and put in her mouth, and she did in that nation. That's what prayer is about. Fasting and praying, making a difference, making a change in what's going on in your life, in the nation. And then that other word, righteous. See, that righteous man is a man who is born again. Everybody say righteous. Born again. Because too many people think, well, I can't pray about that because, you know, I I said a swear word yesterday. I mean, I'm not even right myself. Well, I've messed up and said a swear word once. If if I let that stop me, we wouldn't even have church today. I mean, honestly, you know, if you make a mistake, whatever it is, you've got to know that there's forgiveness with God. It says, confess your sins. That's what it says there first. Get everything straightened out. It also says, forgive. Or your prayers are not effective. And I don't have time to teach all the things on prayer tonight. But, you know, once you've done those steps, that doesn't mean you come in here in your perfection. You come in here to pray because you're righteous. And the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. What does that mean? A born-again person. Man or woman. Male or female. There's no difference in the spirit when you start praying. Jesus gave us a prayer in Matthew 6. And his prayer was... First and foremost, praise him for who he is. That's why I put the song in the worship. Because of who you are, I will lift my voice, my hands, and say, Lord, I worship you because of who you are. It says in Psalm 22, 3, when you do that, he inhabits your praises. And then make your request known to God. You know, it talks about deliver us from evil. 
you know, give us this day our daily bread. You make your request after you acknowledge who he is. Why? Because it's not going to be based on our goodness. It's going to be based on what Jesus did at Calvary. And then lastly, at the very end, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. What is that? Authority. Authority. I am praying this prayer not based on my goodness, not based on who I am, but upon the authority of God. And when I speak what God says, God's word is working in that situation. And that, that becomes, you know, one of the hardest things at Victory in Tulsa, we had thousands of members, was getting people to a prayer meeting. That ought to be the most exciting. Somebody says, we're having prayer. The whole church ought to show up. Because that is our opportunity to make a difference in the spirit realm, which will eventually manifest in the natural. It's like calling heaven into earth. It's like speaking God's will into your situation, into everything that we have need of. Prayer, without prayer, it's impossible. It's impossible to see those things that we're believing for come to pass. Everybody, everybody who's born again has a responsibility to pray. And in, in Matthew eleven twelve, I want to finish with this. It says, the violent take it by force. <clears throat> that scripture kind of scared me. I never was a violent person. In fact, if things went violent, I, I just wanted to leave. But there is a war that's going on in the heavenlies. There is a devil. There is a devil. Uh, in this last situation that we saw in Connecticut, uh, the devil is really intensifying his attack. And we have a world of ignorant people who are trying to decide if we carry a gun or not. We have the big gun. We have the big gun. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have a gun or, you know, carry a weapon. It's nothing to do. I mean, everybody needs to make those decisions. But I'm telling you, the church has a gun that can do really what needs to be done. And the people in the world won't even talk about where the real problem is, which is with an enemy. He is controlling the world. Because what Adam and Eve did in the garden left this world in a mess. And this world is still in a mess. And except the people of God stand up, born again, everybody say born again. I'm not talking about people who say, oh, yeah, I go to church. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who understand what born again means and the responsibility that comes with it. And that is to stand in the gap and begin to say and declare what God says over every situation that he assigns us to. Whether it's our children, this will change a house. This will change a house when you get a revelation. God controls this house. I stand in this house as a representative of what he wants in this house. And devil, everybody say devil, you will not have my children. See that we have to invade what's impossible. It is impossible to change the world without Jesus. It is impossible to change the world without binding the devil. That's why God sent Jesus to give us the victory and he did it. How did he do it? He bound Satan. He defeated Satan. And we have to enforce that defeat. And that is invading the impossible.